uh, I wanted to make kind of a disclaimer. Um, the disclaimer is this. I, I, I've been really conscious of uh, preaching a series on forgiveness. You know, growing up in church, I heard many messages on forgiveness and uh, not so many on being offended, but, but on forgiving. And usually the, the pastors or the preachers, they didn't mean to, but it came across kind of like a demand. Like you need to forgive so that you can be forgiven. And so then the forgiveness felt so much like a rule, um, and it felt like it didn't validate the wound that I literally had, that I actually had, and it was kind of like I felt like suck it up buttercup, you know what I mean? And the Bible demands, and so I don't want that to be the case as we dive into this. I don't want, uh, I, I don't want to use your offense uh, to shame you. Uh, I don't want to command or demand or beat you up with the Bible and say you have to forgive because God forgave us, because I think we already know that in this room. Um, but what, I, what my hope is, and for those of you that are watching online, the same thing, my hope is if you're listening and you still have some offense and you still have some hurt and some pain, I, I, I don't want to negate that by just telling you to get over it. Does that make sense, everybody? And, and, and some of us are a little more wired that way. But how many know some people can hide behind their commands when there's really a hurt there? And so I don't want to use the Bible and I don't want to use this platform or preaching just to put a command on you or to use your offense to shame you. But rather, if we could take all those real-life hurts and those real-life pains, and those real-life disappointments, and those things that have haunted you for years and years, and instead of another preacher just telling you to get over it, if I could add some other things into the stew, <laughs> if I could just add some other thoughts into the soup, and, and let the Holy Spirit just kind of, in His timing and in His place, do the work that He needs to do. Is that cool with everybody? So that's what we're going to do. Let's start off with this, this definition of offended. Uh, offended is to irritate, to annoy, <laughs> uh, or anger, or cause resentful displeasure. Now, don't give me the next definition yet. So, if that's the definition of offended, it's like, big deal. We've all been irritated. <laughs> you can't hardly get through traffic without being irritated. You can't hardly get through a church service with, no, never mind, all right, but, 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 to, to ir- that, that seems so shallow. It seems so superficial to really, really that's what we're going to get embittered about. But I want you to notice as we dive a little deeper into the definition, how the intensity volume turns up a little bit. So definition number two, to violate. Uh-oh, now we're in some serious territory. It's one thing to be irritated. It's a whole nother thing to feel I've been violated. It's one thing for me to get up here and say, hey, blessed is he who's not offended. Yeah, you know, I need to get over my irritation. I need to get over those things that annoy me. But hold on, Ken. I'm way beyond being irritated or being annoyed. I've been violated or I've been transgressed against. You're wanting me not to be offended as in don't be irritated, but I've been transgressed against. Or number three, watch this, to hurt or to cause pain. Mm. How many know that, that pain is a whole different situation than to be annoyed? Right? 
And, and that's kind of where I want to start going with this because when we talk about being offended, I'm not just talking about being simply annoyed. I, I don't know. Certain personalities, you can't even get through a day without being annoyed. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being transgressed against or being violated or being in pain. And, and in order to deal with those things, that's going to have to cut a little bit. Um, I, oftentimes when I'm preaching something, I like to do this exact thing. Like if I feel God's put something on my heart, for an example, offended, then I like to go to multiple dictionaries and look it up in multiple different languages and Greek and Hebrew. I just like to do that. And one of the things that's one of my practices is I like to go to the origin of the word. I like to find out where'd the word originate. Notice the word, where did it originate? What's the origin? What's the roots? What's the background? And, and, and the word offend comes from a Latin word that I won't try to pronounce, but it's offendre. And, and basically, it means to strike against. And there's some of you maybe in this room, and I know there's some that are watching online, that when we talk about being offended, that's the definition that you have in your mind. Somebody has struck against me. To strike against, to try to cause harm. That's the offense that's hard to get over. Can I get a witness on that, right? That, that's the thing that just, ah, uh, you know, and, and, and so that's where I'm going. And so I was looking at the, the origin of the word, um, lo- looking at the origin of the word, but then something hit me while I was looking for the origin of the word offended, All of a sudden, the thought hit me, yeah, but what's the origin of the offense itself? Not the definition, not the word offended, but the offense that we're carrying itself. Is it possible that we're so easily offended in our culture because there is an origin of an offense that has never been dealt with, that has never been forgiven, that has never been talked about, that has never been resolved. There was a violation against me. There was a pain caused to me. Come on. That we, we just it swept it under the rug like it never happened. And I wonder why now I'm so easily offended. It could be because today's offense has an origin with yesterday's roots. Come on, everybody. Come on, we might be few in numbers here, but I need a little help in here, all right? And, and, and so, uh, let me give you an example out of my own life. Uh, I hope to demonstrate this. Um, I, I, I want to be careful how I say this, but I grew up in, a, in an atmosphere, in a, in a culture where um, um, our voice was not important, our feelings were not important, so I was taught at a very early age... Uh, Big boys don't cry. I was taught at a very early age, your opinion doesn't matter. Basically, uh, the idea just shut up. <laughs> Kids are meant to be seen and not heard. You, you know, that whole kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, Yes, all right. Thank you, brother. And, and, and so, consequently, there were times I wanted to explain myself, but felt I didn't have a voice. Consequently, there was severe situations that I needed to verbalize. I needed somebody to believe me, but my voice was robbed. Um, It's almost like feeling like in the middle of a sentence someone hangs up on you. Have you ever been hung up on? 
Okay, so there's some origin. I, 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 I want to give you some roots to and some context to a little story I'm going to share with you. So, so now I'm, I'm 24 years old, and I'm working at a church, and I have a, a senior pastor uh, who happens to be Italian, and, and I don't say that for any derogatory reasons, but culturally, uh, they were used to, at least his brand of Italians and their family was used to uh, terminologies and words and short tempers and that kind of thing that, that uh, quite frankly, I couldn't appreciate. And so we were in a building program, and, and I was working for this uh, pastor. So he's my pastor, and he's my boss, and it's my first position, uh, like, you know, official position. I, I had been an interim pastor of a church, and this was my first uh, paid associate pastor at a legitimate church kind of thing. And, and I didn't have all the connections. I didn't have a Bible college background. So this was kind of make it or break it. This particular pastor was very connected, and if I didn't do good, I would be out. And if I did good, you, you know, that would write my ticket. And so we were in a building program, and, and, and um, I was generaling some of it because I had a little bit of that in my background. And uh, my pastor had just, he, from his upstairs office, my office was directly below him, he called me and said, hey, whatever you do, don't schedule the carpet layer. And he gave me some reasons because of something that was wrong. Two minutes later, the carpet contractor called me, and I had a lot going on. I was a new dad, uh, I, just a lot going on. And, and without even thinking about our conversation, I scheduled the carpet layer. Two minutes after he had just told me not to. And, and he could hear my conversation because his office was right above me. So he picked up the phone after I hung up and he buzzed me on the intercom and chewed me out. I, and, 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 and maybe I deserved some of it. But, but he said, and, and he called me something. He, he said, are, are you dumb or something? I just told you two minutes ago not to do that. Now get on the phone and tell him and correct your mistake. And he slammed down the phone. Well, I have an origin of offense. An origin of being offended that my voice doesn't count. That I'm not able to explain myself that I've been called stupid, that I've been made feel dumb, and that my, my opinions and my feelings... Come on, are you guys here tonight? And so I marched myself upstairs, the back stairway to his office door, slung the office door open, and walked over to his desk and leaned over and said, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Let me see the hands of those of you that believe that. Uh, thank you, Stacy. You haven't been here long enough to know who I am. And without really thinking through it, see, he had touched on an origin, a, a, an offense that had never been resolved. Hello, somebody? And I just leaned over and said, look, I will work like a dog for you. I have worked like a dog for you. I have respected you. But don't you ever slam a phone down on me again. Am I making myself clear? And he said yes, and I turned around and walked out the office. Later that day, everybody else was gone. I was brought up in my culture. You don't disrespect your pastor. I was nervous. I was fearful. 
because there was an origin there, right? I was beyond annoyed. But that offense and my reaction to that offense stemmed from something that I'd been carrying a long time. Can anybody relate to that? Have you ever found yourself doing something and wondered, where in the world did that come from? And so my question is, is it possible that our offenses have an origin to some unresolved issues that are piling up in our life? Now you add a pandemic. Now you add, (laughs) uh, well, you guys know the stuff, right? I want to go back a little deeper tonight. I want to go back a little deeper than the offense on the road rage. I want to try to dive a little deeper than the Facebook feud. I want to try to dive a little bit deeper to the origin. When I say the origin, I want us to dive into the beginning. Where did the offense start? What was family life like for you? Some of you grew up in June and Ward Cleaver's home, and some of you didn't. And, and some of this will relate real close to you, and some of you it won't relate to because that's not how you grew up. But we got to go back to some beginning because some of us were raised in homes that instead of giving us health, the home, instead of giving us a healthy impact, it gave us a hurtful injury. Right? And, and you can amen hypothetically just to help me preach, okay? Uh, uh, I know it's not you, but you know somebody like that. And, and, and if I continue to look at the life of David, David was the guy that we started this series with last week. And, and I'm not going to go back to his story, but I'm going to map out three considerations for you today. And if you go back and read the life of David, you'll see every one of these points being very true in his life. So let's dive into it. If you're taking notes, here we go. Number one. Number one is forgiving your father brings freedom. (sighs) When 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 I talk about your father, I'm not just talking about your father. I'm talking about your family of origin. Uh, I just wanted to use father because it started with the letter F, and you know how I am, all right? Uh, 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 Forgiving your father, though, it brings freedom. And I can talk about this directly because it's what happened in my life. Uh, So I'm not just talking about fathers. I'm talking about the family origin, the family background. Um, What do you do? What do you do when your place of origin... When, when, the, when the place that you were assigned, when the parents that were assigned to you that were supposed to form you and to build you and to strengthen you and to protect you and to help you, what do you do when they didn't help but they hurt? What do you do when they didn't strengthen you and build you up but they stripped you and tore you down? What do you do in them formative years when you've been assigned to a particular place and, and what was supposed to help you ended up hurting you? And, and, and things like this happen. We get abandoned and we get abused and we, get, and we have absentees in our life. So, so, so we can be abandoned. How I many know you can be abandoned physically? But I've had, I've had people tell me, Ken, I wish my dad would have left. <laughs> Because he was there physically, but I was abandoned emotionally. He was sitting in the chair, but he was absent in every area of my life. Come on now, right? 
or abused, God forbid, but the origin where there's abuse. And, and, and abuse can be verbal abuse. And I mean, you guys know it can be physical abuse. It could be sexual abuse or, or just simply that they were absent. They, they weren't engaged. They weren't present in my life. I, I did my thing. They did their thing. I didn't see them. And until we forgive the offenses, we will, ne- we, we will forever be limited in trying to prove our worth. Come on, I need to say that again. Until we forgive the offense, our life, we can be 60 years old and still trying to prove to somebody that we're valuable. Mm. In, in fact, if we continue to use David, David did it. If you've ever looked at the life of David in Scripture, remember last week we talked about how he was rejected by his father? Follow his life from that point on. Follow his life and see if you don't see a man that did a whole lot of good and a whole lot of bad, all to try to be noticed, all to try to have some value. I wonder, I know we like to preach David and Goliath from a position of faith, but I wonder sometimes if there wasn't a little rejection in there that made him go fight the giants. I know in my life I've faced some things just to prove to some critics that I'm more valuable than you've said that I am. Come on now. I can't prove that. It's just my own thought. But let me show you something. David, one of the things, uh, ladies, you have to forgive me, I'm going to go a little man heavy on this, okay? But one of the things I know that men do when we feel rejected or our value has been stripped or we didn't have fathers to help validate us and bring our value into our lives, we, we, we will try to overcompensate and we will do that through overachievement and we will do that through uh, women in our lives or relationship in our lives. Tell me if that's not what you see in the life of David. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to, daddy didn't think I was valuable enough to even get in the room. I'm offended by that. So I'm going to go out in the world and prove to the world that I am the opposite of what dad thought I was. I wasn't valuable enough for him to be around, so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to save a bunch of money. I'm going to achieve a bunch of things, and it all looks good, but the root comes from an offense. Look at David. David collected women like like they were possessions from every tribe that he fought. And I wonder if we don't have men today going and trying to collect experiences or women because they're dying for somebody to tell them how good they are because there was an absent voice in their life. Come on. Are you guys here tonight? And, and by the way, I don't mean to beat up on dads, but, but when we go back to origin, I need to put some responsibility on, 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 on fathers and, and the home. And, um, and, and so new dads that are listening to me, we have a whole lot of young families in our church. So new dads that are listening to me, new fathers, please don't make the mistake of not understanding the difference between being a male and being a man. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and we're going to close our eyes, and anybody that needs to leave right now, feel free. (laughs) Let's deal with it, okay? Here we go. Ladies, just hang with me right here, because some of you are trying to raise men. So hang with me. Let's talk about uh, being a male, okay? Male, being a male is God's choice for you, okay? You didn't choose that. You didn't say, "Mm, 
You know, like when you fill out that application, male or female, it's not a choice. It's what you are, right? And, and, and so, God's choice. That was God's choice. And, and it's by birth. And it's a physical issue. Okay, come on, we're grown-ups here. If you have certain parts, if you came with certain parts, that makes you a male, right? But that doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a man. Give me some scripture for being a male. Here's what it says, in case anybody's wondering. Genesis 1.27. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. What? He created them. What? Male and female. He created them both. Okay? All right. So that's the male. So, so oh, then, so we got a male. Go back. Male. Male is God's choice. Give me man. Man is your choice. Because just because God made you with certain parts, it makes you a male, but it doesn't necessarily make you a man. I'm trying to deal with the origin. Hang with me just a minute, all right? Being a man is your choice. I'll show it to you through Scripture. It's by the decisions that you make, and it's mental. It's decision. It's mind. It's thinking. Let me give it to you. 1 Corinthians. Let me give you a couple verses here. 1 Corinthians 16. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like a man. That's a decision. That's a thought process. Come on. It's time for me to grow up. It's time for me to put the video games away and get a real job and quit living in mama's basement eating Doritos. Come on. It's a decision. You know what I'm saying, right? Okay. I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying there comes a time when I have to make a decision. He says, act like a man. Be strong. All that you do must be done in love. Here's one. Go to 1 Corinthians 13 for me. It says this. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child. I used to, he hurt my feelings. I used to speak as a child. Mom, I used to speak as a child. I want it now. I used to speak as a child. Mm -hmm. I, I used to, and I used to think like a child, and I used to reason like a child. But when... I became a man. I did away with childish things. Yep. So a man is my choice. It's me deciding I'm going to grow up. It's me deciding I'm going to put some childish things away. It's me deciding I'm not going to let everybody offend me and rob me of what God has. Hang with me. I'm going somewhere with this, okay? And, and, and let me throw this one in here, too. Let me throw being a father. So male is God's choice by birth. Man is your choice by decisions. And father, let's define that. A father is duplicating their image, okay? So when, when, I'm a, when I father, I have children, I'm duplicating my image out there, okay? Come on, dads. You look at your kids, and, and there's something about them that's like you. And it's probably the thing that gets on your nerves, okay? <laughs> All right? And, and, and this is an emotional and a, uh, and a spiritual issue, okay? Um, and and, and it, it's probably important for me to let you know right here, too, that, that we get our identity through our fathers. Our dads are, are placed in our life to help us understand who we are. Our dads are supposed to be there to say, oh, and, and to pull out the gifts and to also tell us, no, you're not good at that, son. 
You're not good at that, daughter. But, but to pull out and help. It's symbolically why we wear our father's name. My name, I have the same first name as my dad. I don't have the same middle name, but I have the same last name. We wear our father's name symbolically helping us understand we are supposed to get our identity from our fathers. We get some other thing from mama, but we're supposed to get our identity from our fathers. But what happens when our identity is abusive or absent? or offensive, or violated. Come on, everybody. So that becomes my identity. And I wonder why I'm offensive to people. It's because I was offended and my identity is in offense. Okay? Uh, so, and, and by the way, let me throw this. You've heard me say this. Our identity is important because our identity is the doorway into our destiny. And if we don't know who we are, we, if we don't have a dad aiming us as children and as teenagers, then, then we wander through life because I don't know who I'm supposed to be. Does this make sense to anybody? Yeah. Come on, man. Um, and what happens then is we live by default, and we are offended by everything, and we are offended by everybody because because I hurt, I'm going to hurt you. Because I don't know who I am, I'm mad because you look like you know who you are. And because I'm insecure about my life, now I'm mad at you because you look like you know what you're doing in life. And the offense bomb just keeps on exploding because hurting people hurt people. And my father was offended and never dealt with it. He was violated. He was, he, someone struck against him and, and he didn't break it. And so, come on, we can try to, we cannot duplicate who we're not. We duplicate who we are. Remember the definition of father? It's duplicating our image. And if I've been offended as a father, I will offend as a father unless I get it corrected. Come on. Because I'm left wondering, how can I be blessed? I want to be blessed. I heard the preacher say, blessed are those who are not offended. The way to diffuse offense is through forgiveness. So, so if daddy, someone struck against him, someone violated him, or mama too, but just follow the... Now, he becomes a father... And just because he's a father doesn't mean he went through the man stage. He could be a male and trying to be a father, but he's a, he, he's a little boy with broken emotions in a grown-up body, never have dealt with, never diffused the offense, and will uh, not even meaning to repeat the offense in the next generation. Hang with me just a little bit. So this is important. This is something I would write down. I don't think I gave it to you. But the way that we diffuse offense is through forgiveness. Um, I think it was in 2005. Some of you know the story of me not knowing my dad through growing up. And, um, and somewhere around 2005, I believe it was, uh, my dad had a little, little shop um, next to his house. And one night I was there and I started asking him questions about his childhood. My dad lived an extremely tough, hard life. And, um, and he shared in detail his childhood. And, and so then he asked me about mine because he wasn't there for mine. 
and he was told that I had a great life. He believed a lie that said we were better off without him and that life was good. But as I began to tell him my childhood story and the details that I can't ever talk about with a microphone in my hand, my dad, who was a very tough, hard guy, said, son, I am so sorry that you went through those things. I would have never known. I thought your life looked like. And then with tears, the only time, one of the only times I've ever seen my dad cry, he said, would you please forgive me? I should have been there. Mm -hmm. You know what it did? It diffused. Forgiveness diffused the offense. It diffused the violation. It didn't change that the violation happened. It changed the power that the violation had. Come on, somebody. I, 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 I still have the memory of that, but I hold the power over it. It doesn't hold the power over me. That's what forgiveness will do. So whether you forgive or not is up to you. But I'm just telling you how it works. Number two, here's the next one I want to do. Number two, I'm, I, I'm just piecemealing this together. This is me. This is my life. This is how it's worked in my life. Because if the truth be told, I might not, I, I don't even know if I should say this while the camera is running. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm as far down the forgiveness road as I should be. Because sometimes I think I'm really good with forgiving some things from back there. But there's other days, come on, anybody ever played Jack in the Box? Ding, 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 ding. It's like I'm saved and loving. Where did that come from? And all of a sudden I think maybe I'm not, maybe I need to preach some more series on forgiveness. Faulty foundations create frail humans. I, it just, you know that scripture we just read said, be strong like a man. One other translation just says, be strong like an adult. And, and, and so, so it's not gender specific, but where are the strong people? But if, but if we didn't have the foundations laid for us, it's going to be hard to be strong when the storm is going. It doesn't mean that you can't make up for it. It doesn't mean that God can't fix it. But some of us grew up in an environment, in an origin, where we didn't get the right foundational blocks, and we wonder why we're losing our mind because we got to wear a mask. It's because our foundations are rocked. Oh, I want to say some things, but I'm going to leave it alone. And, and, and so, uh, let me just show you. The foundation, God created this thing called family. How am I doing on time? God created this thing called family. And, and so the family is to help us get a foundation, and it's helped us to get us a God concept. So, so if we have a healthy earthly father, that father gives us a God concept, and we should be able to have a healthy relationship with our heavenly father. And then if we have a healthy earthly mother, that's to help us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the nurturer, the, the, the teacher, the tutor, the the, the 
comforter, right? Okay? And, and, then, and then if we have a healthy relationship with our siblings, that helps us have a healthy relationship with Jesus because he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he was in the trenches and he walked with them. Everybody follow. So the family is where we're supposed to get the foundation. But if the offense happened in the family, it jacks up our foundation. And if you've ever built anything, if your foundation is jacked up, that's why the devil's trying to destroy families, because he's trying to mess up your foundation, because he's terrified of the building that God wants to build on your life. <coughs> right? So, so let's talk about some foundations. You guys ready? Woo, look at my boxes up here. Let's, let, let's talk about some foundation. Let's see. What do I want to talk about? For, okay, let's start with this one. If you're going to grow up in a healthy home, every child, first of all, needs to be seen. You need to be seen. You need to be noticed. Not told to shut up and your voice doesn't matter, but you need to be seen. And I know I'm going to hit on some nerves as I go through here, but I trampled all over mine to get here. So, so every ch- if a child is going to grow up, and I pray that you young parents are listening to me right now, let your child be seen. Let them have a voice. Be engaged in their life. Uh, and, 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 and let's see, what else do I got? Ooh, here's one. I'll use this one right here. I like that. No, let's use Yeah, let's use this one. And, and every child, when they get hurt... They need to be soothed. Mm-hmm. When it, some of the counseling I went through, a counselor asked me the question, tell me a childhood memory of when you were comforted as a child. If you can answer that question, if you can't answer that question, it has a lot to do with your foundation. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I need to be seen to have a good foundation. And I need to be soothed to have a good foundation. Mm-hmm. What else do I need? Let's see. Let's see. What else do I need? Are you cheating, Tony? You looking on here? Uh, I, I need to be. I, I need to be. I need to be. How about this one? I need to be safe. I need to know that in my home, I'm safe. I need to know that Dad's standing at the door. Adam, where were you when the serpent entered the garden anyway? I need to know that not in this house. Uh-uh. That kind of stuff doesn't, I, I need that. I need rules. I need security. I need to be safe. Come on. And, and then I, and I need to be, what's this one? Oh, yeah. I need to also, I need to be secure. Because if I'm not secured, then I will grow up insecure. Yeah, yeah. I'll grow up insecure. Every child needs those. Now, watch this. Let's divide these up. Mama's role, typically, okay, I'm stereotyping here, and I don't have a psychology degree, okay, I'm just kind of giving it to you. So here we go. Mama's role, usually mama provides the scene and the soothe, right? Look at me, mom, no hands. Look at my boy. Mama, mama usually provides the, right? Come on, NFL football players, hey, mom, because mom's seeing Hey, Mom, what's up? Mom provides the soothe, right? Teaching Janessa to ride a bike. She wipes out. Get back on. Let's do it again. 
My, Patty's over there going, oh, come on, little girl. Are you okay? Let me, you, need a ba- you need me to kiss the boo-boo. Right? Moms provide that. We color some stupid picture all out of the lines. It's the ugliest thing you ever seen. Mama takes it, puts it on the refrigerator. Look at what he did. Right? <laughs> Seen and soothed. And dad's supposed to come along. And dad's supposed to provide the safe and the secure. Because he's strong. Remember that verse? Act like a man. What? Be strong. Provide safety. Provide security. Be strong. Woo! Oh, I'm trying not to get too sidetracked on that. All right. Um, but watch this. L- let me sidetrack just for a minute. Here's the problem. I can see it in church. We have a generation that's been overmothered and underfathered. Because watch this. You love church as long as mama's here. But I ain't coming to that church. Let me, let me give you an example. I love church when I can show up and be seen. Ooh, look at me. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, when I'm seen, when I'm noticed, when they notice me, when they shake my... I love church like that. Oh, and I love it when they soothe me. I love when Pastor King gets up there and says, where you're at is not where you have to stay. Your best days are ahead. Ooh, I love that. But don't you get in my business and tell me to wear a mask. Remember, I told the story last week. We want to be seen, we want to be soothed, but we don't want to be discipled. We don't want to be corrected. But that's what brings the strength, everybody. Come on, all I was doing with the whole mass thing was saying what every dad has said or needs to say, not in this house, that's not the way we do it here. Somebody has to set the safety and the security of the house. Come on, everybody, are you hearing that? Okay. So, so if I don't have a mom that provides seen and soothed, then there's issues that happen in my life. I don't try. I, 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 it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm depressed. Maybe I try to get seen by somebody else. And, and, if, and if dad's not there, then, then you know, then, oh, man, you know, I'm insecure because there's no security. I'm rejected. I grow up being rejected, and I'm always trying to prove, and I want somebody to notice me. If, 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 if I'm not seen, I'm begging, please notice me. Please notice me. I'll do anything I got to do. Please notice me. But over here, I'm, I'm insecure. I'm, come on, is that making sense? And I'm, watch this, and without, if any of these are missing, if one's missing, I become a little more easily offended. If two is missing, I'm super easy offended. If they're not there, I live a life of being offended. I live a life because my life has been violated. And something struck against me, and nobody will see me, and nobody will hear me, and nobody will secure me. And you wonder why I'm walking around offended. Because I've been struck against. I've been violated. Come on, are you hearing that today? Aren't you so glad you tuned in today? And, And mama couldn't do it because she was stretched so thin trying to pay the bills. Because we hadn't seen daddy since I was born. And daddy couldn't do his job. Yeah, he was there. But you know what? He was a big man in an adult body with little boy emotions because someone struck against him and he never got it fixed. 
So the offense just keeps on rolling. And they couldn't give. I'm not mad at mom and dad. They couldn't give what they didn't have to give. And without these foundations, I don't understand who I am. Watch this, watch this. If I have this foundation, guess what? I, I, I understand. I, I, I get my identity. When I have the, man, I know who I am. The, the, those things help me be secure enough to figure out, oh, I'm not like them, and I'm okay with that because I'm like this. Because I was secure enough, I don't have to be like my brothers. I don't have to be like Johnny down the road. I found my identity because I'm secure enough to be okay with who I am. And because I know who I am, my identity is the doorway to my destiny. And so now I have purpose in my life. And I'm not just living by default. I have purpose going on. Is, is that making sense? But, but, with, but if any of these are missing, come on now. So I, I, I can't... If any of these are missing, watch this. If this one's out of here, then it messes up my identity. Watch how it works with offense. So I can't appreciate who you are because I'm, I'm mad at you for being you because I'm insecure about who I am. And I can't appreciate you because I'm confused about me. And I can't look at you because nobody will see me. And if I look at you, then everybody else might look at you. And I've had a lifetime of nobody noticing me. So I'm offended because you're doing good. And I'm offended because you're strong enough to have a voice. And I'm offended because you're faster. And I'm offended because you're smarter. And I'm offended because you have a different opinion than me. But if I can have those foundations, uh, everybody doing all right? Come on. Got a little crooked foundation there. Let's see here. Watch this. When I have the four bottom rows, the four pillars, the four cornerstones, and I can know who, watch this, I can know my identity, and my identity will help me with my purpose. Because I'm secure, hmm. I'm secured, and I'm seen, and I'm safe, and I'm soothed. I have identity, and I have purpose, and that's when I can true. When when I understand who I am, watch this. I can appreciate who you are, <sighs> and only then can we have the power of we. Only then. When otherwise I'm always offended by you. I'm always offended by you. Because I don't know who I am. So how can I appreciate who you are? I don't know my own opinion. Because I lost my identity. I lost my purpose. So I'm mad at you for having an identity. And having an opinion. And having a purpose. But when I can get the foundation fixed. And I can get my identity right. And I can get my purpose right. Now for the first time ever. You don't offend me. Now me and you become powerful. Because offense has been secured through forgiveness. Come on everybody. Are you hearing that today? Now we can have the power of unity. 
and God works through unity. This does, I'm pointing at my wife, but it doesn't just work with my wife. When, when I get these right, we can have the power of a good marriage. Now we appreciate the power of us, but also we can have the power of us in the church, in the workplace. Come on. And we can celebrate each other's differences. We can celebrate somebody having a steak for Thanksgiving. Right? Number three, let me close up. I'm out of time. Always out of time. Number three, what's not transformed is transferred. And the generational curse continues. I could show you, I won't take the time, but I could literally repeat a story that would blow your minds. What happened to me when I was five years old the exact thing happened with different names attached to my dad when he was five. The exact thing happened to his dad when he was five. And we weren't even in our father's homes, neither one of us, when the series of events happened. And, and so, granddaddy was offended, and he didn't diffuse it through forgiveness, so he carried the offense. He didn't mean to. I'm not mad at granddaddy, but you can't duplicate what you're not. So it got duplicated, and it got duplicated, and when my kids got, were born, it would have been duplicated again if I hadn't taken the offense to the throne room of God and said, God, it's not fair, it's not right, it still bothers me. But i got to give it to you. Next, next week I'm going to deal with forgiving the unfair. Because if I've heard that once, I've heard it a million. Well, it's just not fair what happened. I know. But if you can only forgive what's fair, you're in trouble. Let me give you one more verse just to prove my thought and then I'll close. Um, Deuteronomy, it just talks about punishing the children for the sins of the parents for the third and the fourth generation. All that's really saying, don't misread that, but it's just saying the sins of the father, they'll just keep on. It's the offense. It was a strike against. It was a violation. And, and that's just going to continue until forgiveness diffuses the offense, the violation. Does that make sense? But here's the good part. I love verse 10. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me. So it's the, the reverse of the curse. It's double for your trouble. You know what I'm saying? Right? Okay. Um, I, 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 would have been, I would have been the same as the previous generation. Looking for ways. Watch this. Looking for ways to be seen. Looking for ways to be soothed. Looking for ways to be safe. Come on, you know I can list a whole bunch. There's a whole lot of counterfeits. There's a whole lot of counterfeit ways to be unseen. Well, just somebody tell me they think I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. And pride and ego. And, and, and I'm just looking for a way to be soothed. How many know there's a whole lot of counterfeit ways to be soothed out there right now? Huh? If you drink of this water, you will thirst again. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for a lot of ways to be safe, a lot of ways to be secure, and you get the picture. But transformation, everybody, starts with forgiveness. And, and let me, I'll, I'll, I'll say this last thing. Being unable to forgive is a father issue. It's an origin issue. Yeah, but I just can't forgive them. 
I promise you, it's not about right now. I promise you it has some origin somewhere way back. Mm -hmm. I hate every man. No, you don't hate every man. You just haven't forgiven the first man. I just hate every preacher because when I was... No, you really don't. You, 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 You just haven't dealt with the origin of where the offense came from. Aren't you tired of carrying it by now? Ten years you've been carrying it. That person's dead and gone, and you're still carrying it. And, and you still are, are using yesterday's yardstick to, marry your, to, to, to measure your future dreams. Please don't keep transferring your offense. When we first got married, I was short with my wife, and I'd yell at my wife. I never called her names, but I'd be short with her and rude to her and snappy with her and raise my voice at her. One day, I I, I yelled at my wife like that because all I was doing was transferring an offense that had happened to me that I hadn't diffused yet through forgiveness. Hmm. Okay, um... And for those of you that are wondering, hey, well, Ken, what do I do about it? You know, I mean, it's too late. I'm 50 years old now. How do I get those corners? It's never too late. Because we have a heavenly Father. And the day I came to Jesus, I was just a little boy, probably six years old. And the preacher said that he would be a father to the fatherless. And he would never leave us or forsake us. And that's all I needed. I close with Psalm 68, verse number 5. Here's what it says. He'll be a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows. And next week I'll, I'll, I'll pick up right here because God can come in. He sees you. He knew you before your mama met your daddy. He already seen you. And he has a Holy Spirit that'll soothe you. But you've got to let that father into your life. And don't treat your heavenly father based on the bad experience you've had with an earthly father. Amen? I'm going to close right there. Will that work, guys? All right. That's where I'm at. Maybe you're watching online. I just want to pray with you and I know it's a little hard when you're watching online because right now there's probably something in you that's saying, man, this, this deserves a reaction. I, where do I go from here? Well, wherever you're hearing this message, whether it's live or the weekend we preached it or it's months from now, all you have to do is call upon God, our Father. Jesus said when you pray, just say, our Father. And for some, that's a tough word because the offense starts way back there with our fathers. Hmm. But if you call on him, he'll be a father to the fatherless and help you start getting those foundations. It, it won't happen overnight. Am I right about it, everybody? It's a process. Why do you think I got so much sermon material? Because I'm still in a major process. And every once in a while I realize I'm not as far down the road 
as I need to be. So thanks for letting me preach to me today. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. And that's all you have to do. Just, Father, I need you. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. My foundation is jacked up. Would you help me? And he'll meet you right where you're at today. It's just that simple. Can I pray for you and for those in the room today? Father, I I can't see those that are watching online, but I just have a feeling this will probably strike a chord with many. And I'm sure that even in the house, and I won't do a lifting of hands, But Father, we need you to come and heal the offenses. And I know that in order for you to heal them, we've got to at least attempt to start letting go of them. Help us with that, God. I I don't want a single person to feel beat up by a message like this. I'm I'm not demanding. You're not demanding that we let go of it or you're going to leave us out of some blessing. No, I I, I think you're going to walk as gently and compassionately down a road to bring healing into our lives. I pray that for my friends that need it. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. All right, would you give the Lord a good hand clap? God bless you guys.